Hi, it's Karen here. And before we begin, I want to share an opportunity for you to help us give back. After my own cancer diagnosis, I realized the importance of having a helpful and simple resource. That's why I wrote Happiness Through Hardship, a guide and journal for cancer patients, their caregivers, and friends. Like a good friend, this book provides practical tips and resources, as well as a few stories providing hope. Now, we've organized a Donate a Book fundraiser and would be so grateful for your support. You can donate on prettywellness.com backslash book or Venmo at C-A-R-Y-N dash Sullivan dash three. For each $15 donated, one book will be donated to a cancer center. And as I do with all books sold, half the proceeds go to the Cancer Couch Foundation, where 100% of the donations are matched and fund metastatic breast cancer research. Again, we would be so grateful for your support. You can donate by sending a Venmo at my name dash three, which is C-A-R-Y-N dash S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N dash three. Thanks again for your support. Let's begin. I want to welcome you to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, a guide for cancer patients and caregivers that shares the same name as this podcast. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. If you've liked these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. Or reach out to us at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. We love connecting and sharing healthy lifestyle resources. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am beyond thrilled to introduce you to Jen Neeson and Becky Tyler. Both Becky and Jen have been working in the sports, media, and technology industries for over 15 years, holding various positions, especially within the Walt Disney Company, where I met them. Becky is now the head of public sector at LinkedIn, Australia, New Zealand, and Jen is the VP in sales for WIP Media out of Germany. Now, for me to showcase their awards and accolades, honestly, we would need an entire episode just for that. Both Becky and Jen started at Disney and ESPN Media Networks when I was there. They rose the ranks quickly as young professionals. Now, early on, they showed promise and so much success because they were and are extremely smart, strategic, passionate, and incredibly resourceful, as well as they are known as super communicators, which is why they were put on masterful projects and led high-profile employee resource groups. They both have a super impressive job history, as well as an outstanding collaborative nature, which has made them both effective leaders. Now, Becky and Jen relocated for their careers. 
not just across the country, but across the world. Jen moved to London, then Germany, and Becky left California for Australia. On this podcast, as many of you know, we talk about having hope and finding happiness during hardship, which clearly many people the past few years have been going through. Whether you've had a life-altering diagnosis, are influenced by the great resignation and the job force, or you're just going through a transition in life, moving out of the country may be on your radar or an opportunity that you would consider. Today, Jen and Becky are going to share their stories and provide intel on how to navigate a move overseas. Thank you guys so much for being here today. I could have made that so much longer. I hope I did you justice because seriously, we knew then that you were superstars. And today I'm really honored that you're taking the time. And by the way, Australia, Germany, and Connecticut, pretty hard to figure out how to be on the same time page. It only took us a couple months to schedule something. (laughs) I know, but we're here. We're here. here. And I'm I'm so grateful. So I know we could, we could all go down memory lane and talk about like little fun things where, you know, Becky and I did not know each other when she was growing up, but she happened to have gone to the same high school that my husband did. Although that was a few years after quite a few years after him and Jen. Okay. Jen, when she worked for me and I had Kyle as my little baby, I'd sometimes work from home. And so we would work out of the Milford office. And every time she'd bring little toys and treats for, for, I was going to say lucky. That's my dog for Kyle. And so I made, made working from home cool before it was cool. Oh, totally. I feel like that I should give Matt Murphy a call today and be like, remember when we was put together right. this program, me working from home, look, everybody's doing it. I mean, of course, everybody's has been doing it for different reasons, but I think we've all figured out how to make it work. So anyway, I want to dive in. And I think, Jen, I'll start with you. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about your story and why you chose to move overseas? Yep. So it's it's an interesting one because I was living in New York. I had um, gone on holiday to France with a friend of mine, and I met a guy in a bar I had gum on my shoe. He was asked, tapped me on the shoulder and asked if he could help me take the gum off of my shoe. And we had this like amazing holiday romance. And then I went back to my life in America. He went back to his life in Germany and we kept in touch and found out that we really liked each other. And so um, I started looking for jobs abroad because it just so happened that I was kind of at this peak in my current role where I felt like I had everything figured out and was looking for something next professionally, uh, curious where this would go with this guy. And there was an open job opportunity at my company. It was Disney at the time in London that was directly related to what I was doing, a step in the right direction, promotion, new territory, managing a team and closer to this guy. So I took the leap moved with Disney to London, started a new job, loved it, um, loved the guy, ended up getting married. And by the way, I was still living in London and he was still living in Germany. So one of us had to make a decision who's going to make the move. And this was right when Brexit hit. So it didn't make sense for him to move to the UK. And so Disney wasn't willing to move me. I quit my job moved to Germany, uh, and then had to start a new professional career path, but at least I did so with my husband. 
I love, and I love hearing that because I remember hearing it along the way. And I remember you talking about Sebastian is his name since you haven't mentioned it yet. I remember, uh, you know, when you get a call from somebody because you were, you were in New York, I think you were in, you were in New York and I was in Connecticut and, and even though we were so close, but to hear the beginning of a relationship and see where it's at now is a real beautiful thing. So um, anyway, I want to turn the tables to Becky. Will you share with us how you got to Australia? Yeah, I can. And I do love Jen's story. And for the audience disclosure, Jen and I are incredibly close friends and we have been since we worked at Disney together. Um, Jen was the maid of honor in my wedding and came to Australia to be there for me. And we've always had this like love affair of going to visit each other in exotic places. Um, So yeah, hopefully this will continue. So my story, I actually, it's it's slightly different than Jen's, um, but equal in the sense that we just followed our gut and our heart and made a decision. So I was going through some hardship and I was in LA at the time I was working for Disney. I was in a very stressful job and just felt that it was time to make a big change. And at the, at, in that role, I was working very closely with a lot of international markets. And for me, I felt that from a career perspective, I wanted to understand that side of the business and what my key stakeholders were going through and, and where I could be a better kind of partner to them within the company. And Australia just happened to have been looking for a head of business development in the Sydney office. And I threw my hat in the ring for the job, got the job and moved to Australia having never been there before. I had no idea what I was really getting myself into. I just heard great things about the country and the people and took a leap of faith. And, you know, seven years later, I live in Sydney and have a family and own a house and it's been wonderful. So I feel, I feel blessed for being open. And I'm, I'm sure we'll talk more about that to, to change and transformation. So when you interviewed for the job, did you fly down to Australia for it or did you do that remotely? Yeah, it was, it was all remote. So, you know, pre COVID we were just at Disney at the time, like, yeah, on zoom and conference calls and that's how I interviewed. They they did not fly me to Australia, even though I was secretly hoping that they would. Um, but yeah, it's it's a long flight. If anyone hasn't been to Australia, it's not a short trip to get to this part of the world. Um, but yeah, and look, I guess that's the beauty of being able to interview well <laughs> digitally. And uh, yeah, I got the job. So that's how that happened. Wow. So your parent, like your family how do you say you've never been to Australia before? You don't really have any ties. You know, how do you break that news to other people that you're going to move? You know, Jen, I can see where yours, I I know your mother must have had a hard time with it in ways. I mean, we've talked about that in personal conversations, uh, but that was for Sebastian, the one you love. Now, Becky, how do you share, you know, this has been a dream, you know, it's going to help you from a corporate standpoint, like, How do you communicate that to others? Yeah, Um, look, I think my parents knew that I was someone that was never going to sit still for a long time. I had lived in Spain. Um, I studied abroad when I was in university. So I'd had an international living experience, which was quite positive. So my parents 
had some comfort in knowing that I knew how to navigate, you know, another place. But I remember going and just realizing that I was going to have a period of time where I would be completely alone. I remember on my kind of introduction form at Disney when I arrived, they asked me for my emergency contact. And I had this moment where I was like, I don't actually know, know who I would call if something happened because I didn't know anyone. So I, I put my boss's name down. <laughs> just I put know, my boss's emergency contact too. Yeah. And, you know, it was a big responsibility for him, but it was, look, I think this is where there's an old saying um, that, well, that I've always kind of kept in the back of my mind when you go and you do new things and you're alone and there's an openness that you need to have inside of yourself and the courage to say yes to things that are, that's unknown and saying yes often to things that are unknown is how I think you open up the door of possibilities in new places because you start to you know meet people through those experiences you start to have new experiences that you may have otherwise declined in your in your kind of comfortable life in wherever you grew up or wherever you were living so yeah i think it wasn't easy and i also will say and jen can we talk about this a lot together when you are the one that moves away from others it really is your responsibility to make the effort to stay in touch with folks because you are the one that has left in, in other people's minds versus I remember being quite sad when people wouldn't call me or you know think of me, but I was the one that moved away. So the expectation was for me to make the effort and, and to stay in touch. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And you also know the new life that you are living in and my guess is if someone tried calling you once or twice and it just didn't work, they might be reading it the wrong way or, or, or trying to figure out something that they don't know. I mean, in your case, you're 14, 15 hours away. Mm. So to make that move, I mean, I, it sounds silly, but obviously there's clearly a lot of steps. And I can imagine you both were very lucky in a way, in, in many ways, that the Walt Disney Company, such a huge company, was able to move you. Jen, can you share some information that might be interesting to people knowing like what are things that maybe people don't know that when you move internationally, you have to consider? I will tell you the phrase that I held onto so tightly when I moved was the problem is not that there's so much to do. The problem is that you don't know what you don't know. There is no way to tell what you're missing until you're there, uh, until you're doing it. So, and I'll tell you, I've got two experiences, right? Because I had the lush, cushiony experience of getting an international transfer with Disney. They relocate you, they pay for all of your baggage to and furniture to go where it has to go. Um, they help you find a, um, an apartment to live in. Um, they pay for your real realtor, you know, like, I mean, it's part of the package. It's amazing. Listen, there's still things you don't know. I don't, I didn't know in London what council tax was. I didn't know, which is like a, a neighborhood tax that you have to pay in it based on where you live. I didn't know about TV licenses where if you've got a television at home, you have to pay a monthly fee to the government. Um, there's so many things that you just figure out as you go. And that's mm -hmm. okay. As a planner, I was panicked 
but you figure it out. And then I had the complete opposite experience when I moved to Germany without Disney, without any resources, as a lone American who just wanted to move to Germany. And doing the immigration on your own is incredibly daunting. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with Jen on that one. So what do you do in terms of it's incredibly daunting? Obviously, I'm thinking time, stress, money. Yeah. What kind of advice can you give to people? Because I think a, a lot of people might be doing it on their own. Yeah. So listen, there's there's three different ways that I think you can go about it. You can find your niche in your professional career and and hopefully find a company that can move you and take care of all of that heavy lifting because it was a blessing, right? That That is excellent. And then, by the way, keep in mind, there's what, five major stressors in life. It's, you know, death, illness, divorce, moving, and a new job. And so when you're moving to a new country, at least I felt really comfortable having a job that I was comfortable in. At least the industry, I was comfortable in the industry. It wasn't like I'm starting from scratch. So I felt like with Disney, great job moving to a new country. So they're taking care of the move bit. I'll take care of the job bit. So that, that's one avenue. The other thing you can do, and what I did when I moved to Germany was, I said, there's so many things I can do. I am a very capable person. I am miss lists. I can make lists for days. Uh, I am moving to a country where they do not speak English, where they absolutely love paperwork. uh, And I don't know how to say anything. I don't know where to start. And they are extremely um, procedural. This is something I can admit that I need help with. And I went out and I hired an immigration lawyer. And I said to him, I need you to tell me what I need to be doing, what paperwork I need, where to file it. It ended up costing me maybe 1200 bucks. It is the best money I've ever spent. So that's, that's the second option. The third option is, hey, listen, if you are the type of person who can, what is the phrase, live by the seat of your pants, fly by the seat of your pants, uh, and you want to wing it and like go be a bartender somewhere in Ibiza for six months, like that is amazing. My my encouragement would be do it. Uh, you'll figure it out. I, I am a bit too anal sometimes to to do something like that. When I yes, I moved twice to internationally, um, but I did it in a in a controlled manner. If you're the type of person who can do it do it because it's just the best. Okay. So how about Becky, you moved, Disney brought you to Australia, but you left Disney and you went to LinkedIn. Was that your next move right after? And how was it then switching? And, or maybe even if it was or wasn't is how is it then here you are? I assume you're still an American citizen, right? And how do you then navigate finding another job because you want to stay there in Australia? Yeah. Well, I'll just comment quickly on something Jen said. I think if you are plant, there's kind of two tracks here when you think about moving international. There's going to an English speaking country and then there's going to a non-English speaking <laughs> country. And those two conversations are completely different. 
Um, I agree with everything Jen said. I think like if I was thinking about moving to um, the UK, like from Australia, the things you have to think about are how are you going to make money? How are you going to make money? That's your number one concern. The second piece is how do I legally get there and, and can work when I arrive? So that is the immigration lawyer stuff that Jen was talking about. And then the third one is, you know, plug for LinkedIn, but like connecting with the right individuals that when you get there, you have someone that can help you navigate what is a brand new society, right? And if you don't have those people and you want to move abroad, go start finding people in those places that you want to live because they will be very helpful to you when you arrive. Um, so just just um, on that point, I thought that was really good what Jen said and, and my kind of add-ons. But with the transition from one company, company to another, it's honestly no different than it would be in America, right? Like me, it was a personal choice. They actually, Disney, in order for me to really progress my career, wanted me to go back to the United States. I had met Richie, who's my husband now, and I just felt that that timing wasn't for me. And that's when I, I opened myself up to a possibility of another career somewhere else. Um, and I was with Disney for 11 years. So at that stage, I was pretty set in my comfort zone. Um, and yeah, look, a lot of it was right place, right time. Putting out the being open and putting out the intentions to the universe that like a change, I wanted to change. And was the universe going to respond to that energy and how I talked to my connections and started telling them in Australia, Hey, I'm really like keen for something else. I'm, I'm interested in doing something new. And through that, you know, that's what led me to LinkedIn and um, where I am today. So. Well, and I love what you were saying, you know, slightly earlier about when you go somewhere new, I mean, listen, this advice could be anywhere, you know, another another state in, in the United States is finding a new network. And how do you do that? There are so many resources out there for it, you know, especially social media, or if it's with profession with LinkedIn is tapping into those resources that can, they might be social and they could be professional or they could be professional that becomes social as well. That's how, right. Like, do you guys have any funny stories or good memories or really bad memories to share about some of those early days, you know, in either, you know, for Jen, either one of the two places or, um, you know, Becky with you moving out there and being, you know, not alone, but perhaps, you know, just on this new adventure. And have you guys watched Emily in Paris? Yes, yeah, I love it. It is okay. <laughs> incredibly relatable. I mean, dra- dramatized, dramas- dramatized, drama. Uh, yeah. What is it? Dramatized. I think it's dramatized. Well, either way, it's very dramatic. Yes. Right. Yeah. But you know, she's being dropped in Paris with, by the way, the most phenomenal outfits. Yeah. Like seriously, when I was in my twenties, I could never afford that. But. Anyway, judgment aside, I, I will dream. Um, do you have any, you know, share some funny stories that the listeners might get a kick out of, or maybe they're worrisome stories, something that um, to, just to, to show that it can be hard, but it can be fun. I'll throw it to you guys. I, I've got a Jen, good one directly. Go yeah, go on. Yeah. Go. All right. So 
this one's a London story. So I'm, uh, the first week that I started, they had a, a internal like get together for the entire department. Uh, so we were going from the office to like a, a net, like a, a separate room for a separate area for networking and then happy hour and drinks afterwards. And I remember it was a really warm day in the summer and they don't have aircon in, in the UK really, or Germany as well. So I'm in a dress and I'm like sweating. Um, and I said, and I'm in the, I'm in the taxi on the way over and there's two other colleagues in the taxi with me and we're chit-chatting and I say to them, oh, it's so warm out today. I'm so glad I didn't wear pants because I'm in a dress. Everyone looks at me weird. Nobody says anything. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. It just got a weird vibe afterwards. And we arrive at the, at the networking event and the happy hour and we're having a drink. And I was chatting with somebody else and I said it again to somebody completely different. And I said, oh yeah, I'm really glad that I'm not wearing pants today because it's really bloody hot out there and there's no air con and I'm not like, my body's not used to it yet. And his name was David, I remember. And he grabbed me and he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I'm just, I'm grateful that I'm wearing a dress. He's like, Jen, you do realize that in England, pants means underwear. So I had been telling everyone <laughs> for two for two hours that I was so not wearing, underwear. That I wearing underwear. Oh my goodness. So were you mortified? Did you go back to the people from the taxi and say to them in America, it's pants or was of it? Of course did I did. Her name was, her, her name was Tatiana. And I was like, I just, and she was super senior at the company. And I said, I just want to let you know, there's been a slight confusion when I said pants, uh, I meant trousers, what you would call trousers. So, and then she started dying laughing and it started off actually as a great relationship for us. And it was a funny icebreaker. Moral of the story is cultural differences are real, um, uh, but they don't have to be, um, they don't have to be something to worry about because at the end of the day, you're gonna make these little mistakes and trip up just laugh about it because I'm telling this story now seven years later and it's still one of my favorite stories. Mm. Yeah, the, the ability to communicate in a foreign country effectively is a skill that comes with time and, and situations like this. Um, there's all types of different terms for things like thongs in Australia are actually sandals. So someone will say, hey, can, can, let me go grab my thongs. And I'm like, why are they talking about their underwear? <laughs> um, but but I think this is this is actually a really key point, which is I have found that my communication skills since moving international have become much better because I've had to learn how to listen more and ask questions more fre frequently to to folks about what it is I'm doing, particularly when you first land somewhere new, you just have to be comfortable with asking questions and not knowing and being okay with not knowing um, because you could get yourself into some funny situations like this and same, similar um, stories, but yeah. And, and I think, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier too, about when you communicate effectively, it makes your relationships that are still back home easier because you 
you know, you may only have 30 minutes, you may only have five minutes to talk to someone and how you do that in a, you know, and get all the things you want out and, and sh you know, things you want to share. It's, yeah, it's a bit of an art form, but you do learn it over time. That's a great story, Jen. Bex, by the way, you know what that reminded me of the, that, because you're, everything you said was spot on. It's, it's that you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That, mm -hmm. That's it. Because to Becky's point, you have to be asking questions. You can't, when they say, hey, are you wearing your thongs today? You can't just smile and nod and not know what it means. You have to ask, uh, I'm what sorry. Are thong? What thong? are you talking about? What, yeah. what are we talking about here? Let's make sure we're on the right page. Well, and, and you're talking about culture, right? But there's also, as we all know, there's company culture. Again, so much of what you're saying is relevant wherever you are in life. If you're switching jobs in the same country you've been in or you're going to a new one, listening, asking questions, and being okay with being uncomfortable is all great advice. And I hear you on that. I think the older I get, the more that I have realized, as much as you guys know, I love to talk and I love to tell stories, you gain so much, arguably so much more when you really listen and let yourself process. Not listen for the sake of being quiet, but listen for the sake of, you know, kind of processing what is said. And I would think, you know, especially when you're in another culture, you really don't know where they're going with whether it's a statement or even I'm thinking of like how they go about their day to day at work. You know, we'll go back to I, I myself was overseas in um, who said in university. I think it was you, Becky. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, is it are we already, you know, back in the day? It'd be like when we were in college, like you, you've adjusted to like new lingo, right? Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, I was in Luxembourg and we traveled through Europe. I was young and it was fun. And I was a student. I can't speak for where you guys are now actually building lives uh, in another country, but I can say that there are nuances in how people handle themselves. Like we said at Emily in Paris, um, people in, in the show and in Paris maybe don't start work until 10 or 11 o'clock. Whereas in Bristol, Connecticut, you know, some of us got there at seven in the morning, right? And it was just, it was, there's a difference in culture, both company culture, as well as the, um, the culture itself. Like, are there any nuances that you guys have experienced in wherever it's been that are just different than the way you remember your American jobs being? Mm. I know exactly uh, what you're going to say. So I would say that the work-life balance that I have achieved in Australia is 200% better than anything I've ever experienced in America. And I don't know if it's an American thing, and I've, I've totally adjusted. I, I think often whether or not I could ever go back and work in America for the reasons being that America is just a real it's a slog man to work in, in America these days. And Australians, Jen knows because she's been here. I mean, it is very rare that I get emails after 5 p.m. here because people generally as a culture love to be with their families. People respect that and they all adhere to it. Um, I would say we're probably getting more and more 
globalized as far as needing to work a bit harder, a bit longer. However, the culture is phenomenal. There's also here, like, it's very calm and relaxed culture. It's, you know, if you think of, you know, the Southern coast of California and like surfer bros, it's, it's a little bit of that here in Australia, but we'd go to lunch, people have wine, they go back to work. It's, it's very, it's very relaxed and it's, it's how it should be. You know, it doesn't, work doesn't have to be so uptight all the time. You still can get a lot of things done by having and have fun at the same, at the same rate. So for me, I, I think you probably would love working in another country compared to what it's like working in America. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes forget not, you know, I mean, I'm nodding my head emphatically here because everything you said is, is right on. And, and I think a big portion portion of that is that the the country cultures also bleed into the professional cultures because if you look at places like Australia like within the UK it is completely normal to have a few drinks at lunch go back to the office it is completely acceptable for your bosses to get absolutely pissed drunk at a at a networking event it's fine it is not um a faux pas it is it doesn't reflect poorly on work it it is like in these environments you are allowed to have fun and be a professional at the same time now that's and when i say that it's the the country culture bleeding in i say that because then you go and work in a place like germany where where legally, if you have a salary position, you are not allowed to work more than 35 hours per week. Now, that is very German, that it is a law, it is a requirement, and it is heavily enforced. You are only allowed to work 35 hours per week. And if you work more, I mean, there is no if you work more than that, you cannot. So if you are working and have to work late one night, uh, they will send you home early on Friday because they take it very seriously. So it's a bit different. Like you can see the structure of a, of a German country bleeding into the professionalism and you can see the culture of a UK and Australian country bleeding into the professional culture as well. So in, in your search for, hey, I want to move somewhere. Hey, I'm thinking about this. Um, just understand that that the the, the cultural norms are going to bleed into the professional ones would be my suggestion. Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh. You guys, I'm like tearing up because I, you know, we, we talked about this years ago and I think you were alluding to it when you said I would love it there. I loved, I think you guys did too. We loved who we worked for. We worked really hard. It's all I know is, is that grind really and had I been surrounded by, it wasn't just, you know, the work, our company, it was the industry. And then the other industries, your habits can change, right? So it's really beautiful to hear this. And I think, you know, I think back to years ago when I was in Luxembourg, I thought maybe it was a sign of the times in the mid nineties, but the banks, Luxembourg is a, Luxembourg city is a total bank town and the bank shut down from like 11 to two. So people could travel home and go have lunch with their family 
and then go back. And I was always amazed by that, especially then, you know, a year later, I jump into my own workforce, but wow. I mean, you guys are living, I guess, everybody's story. We, we make decisions that go different directions. And listen, I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at in my career, which took obviously a different direction than where you guys went with your career, let alone in your, in the respective countries you've been at. But I want to just throw it out there. Anything else that you, any other advice that you want to give to listeners if they're considering moving to another country before we um, wrap it up by talking about my, one of my favorite other subjects? I'll just probably call out, I, I think we've talked a lot about the great things about moving abroad. And one of the things that became very apparent to Jen and I, and her and I have had conversations about this, is what happened during this pandemic. So in any other normal times, I could have gotten on a plane from Australia, flown home and visited my family and got that connection. The hardest thing you'll, you'll experience is, is that disconnect from your family and your friends and seeing all of them get together and do things together. And you can't, you can't be there. You can't go to birthday parties. You can't go to weddings, funerals. You have to make choices when you live international as far as when you're going to come home. And I haven't seen my family in two years. My mother, my mom and dad have not met my son. He's almost 15 months old. And that to me was the biggest challenge and sometimes heartbreaking quiet moments that I had with myself, which was I'm far away. And with the good comes the bad. And, you know, of course, no one predicted this pandemic, obviously, but this is a risk. This is the risk you have to be willing to take um, if you move international. And I, it would be remiss for Jen and I to not mention this as part of this conversation um, because it's a huge consideration, particularly if you're someone that really loves being accessible to your family and friends. Yeah, I'm, I mean, Becky and I, you mentioned how close we 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 are and have remained, but we've laughed about this. We've cried about this on the phone. It is, there are so many wonderful benefits about opening yourself up to the experience of living abroad, but there, there is always a sacrifice. And so there was actually, I was listening to a podcast like a year ago and, and they, there was an interesting Japanese word called moya moya. I don't know if you've heard this. So it basically means it's a word that expresses something intangible. It's a feeling of frustration and uneasiness where you feel like a cloud or a fog is over your mind and your heart. And it's a state of being where you're not sure how to think and how to feel and you just kind of feel stuck. And that feeling stuck, this moya moya feeling is so strong sometimes when you're so far away from home. You feel stuck, you don't know what to feel. You're so thankful for the opportunities that you have and the experiences that you've been given, but was it really worth not going to your aunt's funeral? <laughs> There's no yes or no answer. And I struggle sometimes because, you know, I've lived US, I've lived UK, now I live Germany. And I ask myself like, will I ever be happy totally ignorantly happy in one place because I love Germany and there are always things I'm going to miss about the UK and the US. If I move back to the US, 
I, a piece of me would still be in Germany. So doing these moves and having these experiences, have I opened my eyes too much in the sense that now the world is my oyster and am I going to be really happy settling down in one place? And, or am I always going to have this feeling of missing someone, something somewhere? It is a real thing. And it is something that you, you have to go in with your eyes wide open to say, I am going to take all of the good experiences with all of the bad, because there will be both. Well, I mean, you got, you both are very articulate and I love that you're sharing like anything in life, there's ups and there's downs and there's going to be hardship in the most beautiful experiences because that's just the way life works. And I will say, Jen, I remember seeing your pictures must've been on Instagram, how you honor the 4th of July. And so, so I, I, I would hope, I guess, that some of the advice might be to people like still honor your roots. Right. right. I have a, I throw a kick-ass 4th of July party in Germany. We've got so many decorations. And by the way, every time I fly to the U S I bring an extra suitcase. My husband wants to absolutely kill me. I go to target and I buy up all of their 4th of July stuff, because keep in mind, they're certainly not selling 4th of July decorations in Germany in June. So, or at any time of the year, let's be clear. So, you know, those (laughs) little things make me feel, they just make me feel good. And I do it because not because the Germans care about the 4th of July, not because they care about the amazing, like hot dogs and hamburgers and mac and cheese that I'm making, but I care. It makes me feel a little bit more connected to home. Well, and and I think that's good advice for anybody wherever you are, because, you know, as we all have done, the three of us, as we move from where we grew up to different places, you know, even in the States we did. And, and I will say for years, I remember when I, after college, when I moved to the East coast and I met my husband out here, I stayed on, on the East coast and I felt like I was got married to Kevin and I was living in Kevin's life. And the, the, what I did have was, were my friends, but when you drove from Milford or my work friends up to Bristol, like it was hard to go to happy hour with you guys because everybody would stay out pretty late and I had to drive almost an hour home. And so it wasn't, you know, several years later when I had the baby who's now, you know, a 13 year old, I, I have, and we've moved into a community where we both have our own friends outside of living in his life. I think that a lot of people listening, whether they go international or not can relate to a lot of the things you said, especially about when you're away from home, when you miss, you know, there, there's, uh, my dad is having a, you know, when we're recording this, there's a birthday celebration that they're having for him that I couldn't be at. And there, I'm going to, I'm going to come in remotely, but because I live far away because of, you know, everybody's got different reasons. Right. And we definitely do miss things, but on the same note, like you said, there are, are many positive reasons to move to a different location, let alone overseas. So let's turn the tables and talk about gratitude because that is something um, for those who are new to me, I play what's called the grateful game with my son most nights before bed. 
Uh, we started it just as a fun way to connect and he was young, uh, but through the years, I have really adapted it as really a mindful practice as a way for us together to reflect on the day, to take some calm time where we are present. And there are many studies that talk about how having some sort of mindful practice in your life can help you heal, can help you find a little joy in your life. And so I... And as Kyle's 13, it's been a little bit, you know, it hasn't been in bed every night. Sometimes we'll be driving to baseball practice and I'll be like, okay, stop. Before you go in, I want you to tell me about your day. What name one thing that you're grateful for and why? And so it, it we just make it work for us. And so I love it. I end each episode talking with my guests about what they're grateful for and why on this day. And so, you know, back when Kyle was nine, we made it a competition. We took two minutes and we said, you know, who can come up with the most ideas? And and now sometimes it's like, let's share one. So I think I will toss it to you, Jen, first. If you could share, you know, something in the last, we'll say week or so that you're grateful for and why. I can do that. So I had, um, I had some fertility issues for like the last two and a half years, which was really tough to have that as a 34 year old woman living far away from home, going to doctor's appointments in different languages in a country that's not my own, right? All of these things. Um, and I had a doctor's appointment on Monday and found out that, well, I knew, but I found out that I was having a little girl because I'm 15 weeks pregnant. Jen, <laughs> you know, I was never, ever, 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 ever going to ask you. Okay, now you're totally making me cry. I was yeah. never going to ask you because you, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you don't. I know. I it's don't hard believe to ask when that. people are going through it because you don't want to right. be sensitive, but re I'm really grateful every day. <laughs> Surprise. Jen, that is so beautiful. And I know that you would be happy, girl, boy, oh sure, whatever. You were going to be just so happy for a healthy baby, but a little girl, I can just see you in the little dance costumes and everything if she likes dance. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's amazing. I was so, I was so looking forward to surprising you. I told Bex, I, Be actually, do you want to know, Becky was the first person I told. Well, my first phone call. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is, oh my God. We're going to have to stay on for as And that's the other thing you guys, as we're recording it, it's four o'clock Eastern time. I'm not sure when you guys are listening to this, but four o'clock Eastern time. I got the lucky straw with this one. Becky's in Australia at what is it? Seven. Now it's probably eight, about eight. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on Saturday. So. And it's Saturday and Jen, it's 11 o'clock at night. Oh my goodness. Friday night party. Um, Friday night party. Okay. So we'll go back to that one after we, we stop recording this, but, um, yeah. Becky, 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 I, you know, this isn't a game about topping each other. It's, it's usually no, about like, I can't top that. No. <laughs> and as my mother would say, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. So let's talk about something that you're grateful for and why. Yeah. So uh, mine's a bit of a funny one, but I'm really grateful for technology because FaceTime has allowed me to stay connected to my family, to people in the outside world. Um, and just, you know, has allowed Jen and I to stay 
close and friends for all these years. And yeah, and, and maybe to be able to do things like this, even though I'm far. So I, I feel grateful for the evolution of what is our world. And of course, being happy and healthy and having a healthy kid, all those things I'm very grateful for. But today, in this moment, technology, because I get to talk to all of you. <laughs> well, I, I can go in so many different directions as always, but I think I'll, I'll take one thing from this week. And that is I had a treatment up at Yale. I do them every few weeks and it just so happens there is someone that I worked with 20 years ago at WWF. Yes, if you're new to me, I don't tell a lot of people that that is on my resume. Um, however, it's an amazing, it is an amazing media company um, as well as a live event company. And that's what, you know, I did live events and I did sports and, and media. So, and I met my husband there. Um, but I also met Sandy Casanelli, who, you know, fast forward 20 years, she's also a metastatic breast cancer stage four patient. And we hadn't seen each other. We've been in touch over the last year or so, but we finally got to see each other in person. And it was amazing, like amazing in this, you know, like things just happen in life and it's pretty cool. Like we're doing now when you can come full circle and there are these people you meet in various journeys. Sometimes they're there for just a few moments and other times they circle back around. And so I'm really grateful that Sandy and I, and for that matter, you guys and I have gotten a chance to reconnect. So, um, for all the listeners out there, please take a moment and think about what you're grateful for and why is it going to change your diagnosis or my diagnosis for that matter? No, it's not, but it might make you put a smile on your face. It might maybe change the direction that your day was going when you think about gratitude and you tap into it. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jen and Becky for being here. And thank you to the listeners for joining us on this journey near and far and across the world. Uh, we are here hoping that you can find happiness through whatever hardship you might be going on and definitely let you know that there is joy to be had in every journey in life. So have a wonderful rest of your day, everyone. And bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you could do me a favor and take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. Honestly, you leaving a review really does help us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And if you tell your friends about us because you love us, they might as well. So let us know your thoughts. Please connect with us directly. We have a ton of fun on Instagram at Pretty Wellness and would love hearing from you. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you so much happiness and great health. Bye for now.